Hello, and welcome to Stonebridge Community Church's online service. I'm Pastor John, one of the pastors at Stonebridge Community Church. And this week, we are shifting into the book of Deuteronomy. We've been doing a brief survey of Moses' legacy and Moses' life, and now we're coming to the end of that. And we'll be ending with Deuteronomy for the next two weeks. So the way this online service works is you will hear this introduction, then the word of God will be read, and then it will be preached, and then there will be two songs to help guide you in musical worship. We are glad that you have connected with us through the online service. We are grateful that you are connecting with us. I do, though, want to extend the invitation. If you are ready, we have three services now. We have a Saturday evening 5.30 service, a Sunday morning 9 o'clock service, and a Sunday morning 10.30 service. The Saturday evening service and the Sunday morning 9 o'clock service, those are both going to be indoors. We are requiring masks because we're trying to protect the most vulnerable in our congregation. We have people in our congregation who are going through different types of treatments that weaken their immune systems. We want to make sure that we protect them. If you want an outdoor service, we have our 1030 outdoor service. So, and masks are not needed at the 1030 outdoor service. So I invite you, if you are ready, to come and join us in person. Church is meant to be done in community, in person, connected with other people. Come and join us. Come and worship with us when you are ready. Know that we are ready for you and know that your safety is our priority. We are glad that you are worshiping with us, that you are connected with us. So I invite you now to worship the Lord our God. And may God guide you through this worship wherever you are and whatever circumstances you may find yourself in. Let us worship God now. Hello, everyone. I'm Pastor John. For those of you that I haven't met yet or for those of you who have forgotten who I am, it's nice to see you all. Um, I have to say, I'm not a morning person. Um, So I'm, I'm grateful that we had the time change this weekend. Made it, made it a little easier to start getting up at, for 9 o'clock again. But if I weren't a pastor, I think what I would do is start a, a, a nationwide campaign to get rid of the time change. Um, some of you know that I, I used to work in the political field, working for candidates on campaigns. And one of the rules is you don't lobby the person you're working for. It's just unprofessional. I only broke that rule on one issue. Everyone I worked for, whatever power they had, I asked them, get rid of the time change. Please. They all told me to stop talking about it. But, yeah. I also have to say, you saw uh, Stephanie Leedy, who gave our welcome this morning. Um, She's our children's director. She helped organize, and she really led organizing last week, that Halloween party that she mentioned. And for me, and for those of you who are there, I'm sure you had a similar feeling, but for me, There was just a feeling of restoration with that. Excuse me real quick here. Got to handle my Britney Spears mic. Um, There was a feeling of restoration that I felt that was really rooted in watching my son, who's two years old, be able to enjoy an event at church. Um, His whole life, if you do the math, has pretty much been this pandemic. And I know he's two and he's not going to remember anything, but for me and for my wife, we both grew up going to church. We love church. In fact, we love church so much, we got married on a Saturday night. The next morning, we both made sure to still go to church together. 
But our son just hasn't had that. But on Saturday night last week, he was running around the church grounds, laughing, enjoying it, playing with people. He got into the bounce house. We thought he'd be afraid of it, but he, he didn't want to leave the bounce house ever. In fact, I had to take off my shoes and get in there and go get him and pull him out so other kids could take his spot in there. Um, but it was just a, a beautiful moment of restoration. So I'm grateful for the work that everybody did. And if you were part of helping to organize that, thank you. And if you see Stephanie, make sure you say thank you to her also for, for the work she did with that. We've been going through this sermon series entitled The Moses Legacy, and we've been looking at key stories from Moses' life in Exodus. We've been looking at key teachings in the law in Leviticus, and now we're coming to the end of this series. We're in Deuteronomy now, and Deuteronomy is Moses' goodbye speech to the Israelites. The entire book is really a speech that Moses gives to the Israelites. And I'll be reading this morning towards the beginning of Deuteronomy, chapter 5, verses 6 through 21, and I invite you as I read to hear the word of the Lord. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above, or that is on the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of parents to the third and fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy, as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. The seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter or your male or female slave or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the resident alien in your towns so that your male and female slave may rest as well as you. Remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Honor your father and your mother, as the Lord your God commanded you, so that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder, neither shall you commit adultery, neither shall you steal, neither shall you bear false witness against your neighbor, neither shall you cover your covet your neighbor's wife, neither shall you desire your neighbor's house or field or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And I invite you to join with me in prayer. Please pray with me. Lord, we gather this morning to lift our voices up to you, to experience your presence through communion and to hear your word proclaimed. So we ask that through your scriptures, you would speak to each and every one of us, that your word would come through clearly through this speech that Moses proclaimed all those years ago, Lord. Speak to us now, today. Help us to understand you, your character, and your faithfulness. Help us to place our confidence, our trust, and our hope in your faithfulness, Lord. We thank you, we praise you, and it's in your name that we pray. Amen. As I was reading this passage from Deuteronomy, you may have picked up that what I was reading was the Ten Commandments. 
And the Ten Commandments are one of those incredibly, remarkably famous Bible passages that have been pulled out of their context in the Bible and are now just a part of culture. You may know about the Ten Commandments from the old Charlton Heston movie. You may know about them from the Prince of Egypt, the DreamWorks cartoon movie. You may know about them from debates over whether they should be pub uh, uh, displayed publicly or not in our nation. You may know about them from debates over just how much were the laws of our nation based on the Ten Commandments and how much were the laws of other societies based on the Ten Commandments. Those are debates that take place. I think we're all somewhat familiar with the Ten Commandments. But what you may not have recognized, as I was reading from Deuteronomy, is that this is actually the second time that the Ten Commandments are listed in Scripture. The second time in the story of the Bible that Moses proclaims them. In fact, this is where the book of Deuteronomy gets its name from. Deuteronomy is a Greek term that means second law. Because here the Ten Commandments are for the second time. The first time the Ten Commandments show up is in the book of Exodus. And it's at the beginning of Israel's journey through the desert. God has just brought them out of Egypt. They've just crossed through the Red Sea. Moses went up to Sinai, came down for a brief moment, proclaimed the Ten Commandments. Then he also broke the tablets. God gives him another set later. But that's the first time. It's before Israel has done their journey of 40 years through the desert. This second time, it almost kind of bookends the journey through the desert. Because now, Israel's no longer journeying through the desert. They're getting ready to enter into the promised land. So Moses proclaims the Ten Commandments again. And this raises a couple questions for me that I think we all should be wrestling with a little bit when we see that the Ten Commandments show up a second time. The first question is, why? Why does Moses proclaim the Ten Commandments here? Why does he take this opportunity to recite these again? We don't have any record of him doing it the other 40 years. So why now? I think to begin answering that question, we have to look at the fact that the Ten Commandments, though we try to pull them out of their context, though we're used to them because they are larger than just the Bible now, we forget that they're part of a story, that this is a narrative. And one of the reasons that Moses may have announced the Ten Commandments again was because of where Israel is at in this story. Like I said, they're getting ready to enter into the promised land. They're getting ready to move into the land that God had given to them or promised to them. But for the last 40 years, they've been nomadic. They've been wandering from place to place in the desert. They don't have any structures or towns or buildings. They have tents that they set up. Where they worship God was a tent that they would set up wherever they camped called the tabernacle. They didn't have a sense of permanence. And this is for 40 years in Moses' day, that's a lifetime. There would have been some there who would have remembered the Ten Commandments when Moses first proclaimed them. I'm sure they all would have had some familiarity with them. But there would have been others there who had never heard them before. But the fact that would bind all of them together is everything is about to change for them. Everything about their way of life is about to change. 
like I said, they're used to being nomadic. They're used to a tent. Now they're going to have to go into a land and build buildings, build houses. There's going to be other people living there. They won't have the same sense of isolation that they had during multiple times through the desert. They're now going to have to build an actual society. Everything is going to change about their way of life. And I'm sure that in the midst of that, they would have felt some anxieties, some uncertainties, because that's how most of us human beings respond to big changes, is with anxieties and uncertainties. Before we really address the question, though, of why does Moses do this a second time, I think we have to pause here and just reflect on our own world for a minute. You may or may not have recognized this, but in the last few years, things have changed rather dramatically for all of us. Whatever your beliefs are on COVID-19 and the pandemic, the entire world has changed. Every single nation in the world at some point has put up different restrictions on how human beings interact with one another to stop the spread of this virus. Every single nation has done that. The entire world has been changed. The way human beings interact, it has fundamentally changed. And I know that we all want to go back to normal, but I just want to be frank with everybody. It's going to be different from here on out. There's no way the entire world can go through something like this and have us all just go back to normal. There's going to be changes that will be lasting from this. That's one big change we've all experienced. On top of that, over the last 10 to 20 years, it's felt like here in our nation, things have changed a bit. We talk a lot about the division that we experience. And I want to say it is real. But I also want to make sure that we put the division that we talk about in our nation in context. This is not the most divided our nation has ever been. We had an actual civil war that took place in 1860. People might be talking about that happening again. We're not there yet. And I don't think we're going to get there. I'm confident in that. People also talk about, it seems like, every single political campaign that comes up, that it's going to be the most important one we've ever had. The truth is, the most important election that our nation ever had was the election of 1860. Before that, in large parts of the country, it was okay to own other human beings as property. Election of 1860 changed that. That was the most important one that set off the Civil War. And like I said, we are not there yet, despite the rhetoric that you may hear. That being said, though, the division is real. It is there. It may not be the worst we've ever had, but it is there. And I know we all feel it to a certain point. The way we talk to long-standing friends, the way families interact, has changed over the political divisions that we've experienced. It is real and it's there and it's a change that we're all responding to, trying to figure out how do you love people who disagree with you about so many important things? At least I hope as Christians that's the question we're trying to figure out. I think some of us have tried to figure out how do we destroy our enemy or how do we separate and isolate from anyone who disagrees with us. As Christians, I don't think that those are our options. But like I said, in the midst of change as human beings, we often just respond with anxiety with wanting to protect ourselves, with wanting to preserve our way of life, with wanting to preserve what makes us feel comfortable and secure. 
in the midst of change, that is how we can respond. So why does Moses give the, second, the Ten Commandments for a second time here to Israel? I think it's because Moses recognizes that's how human beings respond. He's watched them through the desert complain over and over and over again, grumbling about change after change. And in that moment, what they need is what all of us who believe in Jesus, who believe in the God of the Bible, need. And that's a reminder of who we actually are. The nation of Israel, ancient Israel, they were God's covenant people. They were the ones that had this relationship with God where God said, I will give you this land and you obey my covenant and be my relational people. You be in relationship with me. That's who they were. That's what God had chosen them to be. And in that, they had a mission. Israel was to be a blessing to the rest of the world. They were to bless all of the other nations. In the midst of change, they could lose sight of that. In the midst of the anxieties, they could lose sight of that mission and start to just trying to preserve themselves and forget why God had called them to be there together. But when Moses recites the Ten Commandments, it's a reminder of who they actually are. That they are God's covenant people. In the midst of these changes that we all experience, we constantly have to be reminded of who we are. First and foremost, we are children of God, whom God loves, who are made in the image of God. We have to remember that as Christians, we have a mission. Our mission is to point this world to Jesus so that they can experience the love of God through Jesus. Our mission isn't to preserve our way of life. Our mission is to help people know who Jesus is, to help them have hope in the resurrection of Jesus, to help them know of Jesus' sacrifice so they can find grace and mercy. And in the midst of anxieties, it's good to be reminded that that's who we are. That is who God called us to be. I think that's what Moses is doing here in repeating the Ten Commandments for a second time. But there's one other question that this raises for us. And if you know your Ten Commandments, and I'm sure some of you do, then you recognize this. The second question is, why are the Ten Commandments different this time? If you look closely, they're different than when Moses proclaimed them in Exodus. We think of the Ten Commandments as written in stone because literally they were written in stone, the story tells us. But Moses has changed them here. The biggest change that I see is in the fourth commandment, the commandment to honor the Sabbath. That commandment in Exodus, the basis for it, the reason for it is tied to creation. God, Moses focuses on creation there when he proclaims them. You, the Lord worked for six days, he rested for seven, so we fall into that pattern. We work for six days, we rest for seven. But here in Deuteronomy, the reason is different. Moses ties it to God taking Israel out of Egypt, reminds them that they were once slaves, so they should deal justly with the slaves in their home. And slavery was different than the United States slavery, by the way. It was a different institution then. But it's tied to what God did for them in bringing them out of Israel. Now, why is it different? Why did Moses 
pronounce this change? We'll never know the actual answer until we're sitting there in glory with Moses and we say, Moses, what was the deal with that? But one of the things that is the effect of this, that might have been the reason, is that Moses is tying this Ten Commandments to something very specific that God had done in the life of Israel. Moses is using a really concrete example. This is not creation that would have happened years and years before any of them were born. This was an event that took place in their lives or in the lives of their parents. This was immediate to them. In the midst of change and anxiety, it is good to be reminded of who we are, but even more so than that, it is good to be reminded of who God is and what God has done for us. Because it is God's faithfulness that serves as the basis for us as Christians to be able to carry out the mission God has given us. And in the midst of changes, the basic mission doesn't change. We are here as Christians to let people know who Jesus is. That doesn't change. We are here to love our neighbors as ourselves, which includes our enemies. That doesn't change. The way we carry that mission out does change, though. And in this day and age, in the midst of all of these other changes and the settings around us, the way of being a Christian, it's going to have to change. Particularly with the division that we've seen. It's going to involve us in our own lives, loving our neighbors as ourselves, loving our enemies as ourselves, praying for those who persecute us. It's going to, it's going to necessitate, excuse me there, it's going to require us, that's the word I was looking for, it's going to require us to be willing to reach out to our neighbors, even though that they are different than us. Even though they don't believe the same things we believe, it's going to require us to reach out to them, recognizing that evangelism, spreading the good news of the gospel, it doesn't just take place in a church or on a street corner. In fact, it primarily doesn't take place in a church or on a street corner. It takes place in your lives as Christians with the people you interact with. You might be the best connection that somebody has with Jesus. And if you don't love your neighbor, love your enemy, and model Jesus' character, you miss that opportunity for evangelism. The way we pursue this mission that Jesus has given us, it, it might change. But the reminder that Moses gives Israel here is that God's character never changes. And that's what we ultimately rest in. That's what our faithfulness is in. Moses reminds Israel of God's faithfulness. We place our trust in that. And our faithfulness is rooted in God's faithfulness to us. Moses proclaims the Ten Commandments a second time. Because Israel needs to be reminded of who they are, needs to be reminded of who God is. And what we as Christians constantly need to be reminded of is who we are. We are children of God made in the image of God. We are Christians who have been saved by grace, who don't lord that over anybody because that's not grace, but who instead invite everyone we come into contact with into that, recognizing that they are children of God also. And Moses reminds them of who God is, the faithful God who pulled them out of Egypt. And I would say the God who came here in the person of Jesus Christ suffered on behalf of humanity so that the world could be cleansed of sin so that we could experience grace and eventually experience the kingdom of God 
that God will establish here. May we also be reminded of that. And whatever changes happen, may we be reminded that we can rest in God's faithfulness. We can trust in God's faithfulness. We can take our anxieties, our insecurities, our poor responses to change that we all deal with and lay them at the feet of Jesus. Please pray with me. Lord, we ask that you root us in your faithfulness. We ask that in the midst of all that we experience, all the changes, all the concerns, that you, we, you root us in your faithfulness, Lord. We thank you. We thank you that you are faithful. We thank you that you, through the Ten Commandments, reminded Israel of their relationship with you. We thank you that through the scriptures, we can regularly be reminded of our relationship with you. Lord, remind us of your faithfulness throughout our lives now so that we might be faithful to the mission you've given us. We ask this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Friends, as you go from here, may you go remembering who you are. May you go remembering who God is. May you go in confidence in God's faithfulness. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, go in peace. Amen.